Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. My name is Josh. Neil, how are you sitting across the table from me now? I'm great. You know, big two nights there for the Leafs. Oh, boy. Big... Big week for the Leafs. Playoffs. It's been a crazy week for the Leafs. It's um, playoffs. Leafs are back, baby. Oh my gosh! And I don't want to jinx it. We're we're gonna get into this, but I don't want to jinx it. But they are on the brink of winning a playoff series for the first time in a very long time. And but before we get into that, we got yeah. a great show for you guys today. We're gonna talk a lot of stuff. Uh, we're gonna talk sports from all around the world today. Um, we're going to talk the the playoffs right now, the Jets and the Oilers, the Leafs. We're going to talk Europa League, Champions League. We're going to talk NBA, and then we're going to talk about NFL because there's some uh, trade rumors going around right now, specifically from the players that want to be traded. Uh, let's start with the Jets and the Oilers. Neil, what the heck happened here? I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. No one saw this coming, but the Winnipeg Jets brought their bristles Brought their brooms. They brought every sort of thing that sweeps up messes. You know what's crazy about this, Josh, is three out of the four games were decided by one shot. Yeah. You know, three out of the four games went to overtime. Went to overtime, yeah. Decided by one shot, one goal. Um, I just want to kind of dive in and actually ask you if you think the Winnipeg Jets are actual contenders here or pretenders. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, what, um, what are they doing, you know? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that the Oilers were pretenders. Um, I do think the Jets are contenders. And hear me out. They had a bad end of the season. A very bad end of the season. And a lot of analysts, uh, obviously, when we saw all of the sports and all the TSN analysts, they all had the Oilers winning in five or six or even seven games. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, they had a bad end of the season. And that's what analysts go after like that's what they look at right is who finished the season strong who you know looks a little bit worse for wear at the end of the season the jets looked worse for wear at the end of the season they are a good team they got rid of line a they're they got rid of the toxicity in the dressing room they are a good team they're a well-coached team paul maurice i gotta give him his props here um they don't have like that one superstar that's gonna like you know be the face of this this franchise but they have a well cohesive unit here and i said it before that the jets are a lot better than people are making them out to be and the oilers are a lot worse than people are making them out to be so yes i do think the jets are contenders however next next series is going to be a fun one i don't i don't want to jinx it and tell and say who i think is going to be in the next series against the jets even though we all know it's going to be the leafs but um yeah no it's it's going to be a fun series because there's going to be two contenders going at it in the next series i mean the jets played a solid well-rounded game right their their defense didn't rest they were active their offense i mean the coach put uh the, the top line back together with connor Shifley and Wheeler. So, I mean, like you're seeing some depth here on this team and, you know, bigger than all of those things, you're seeing real good goaltending from Connor Hellebuck. He's one of the best goalies in the world. You, know, and he, you say there's no star on this team. He's the star of this team, right? He's yeah, the reason be, they won be, all four games. Yeah, it could very well be Connor Hellebuck. Um, he had a 950 save percentage. Yeah. 
in yeah. four games against the Oilers, a top offensive against team in the, the league. the highest right? scoring team in the league, yeah. But, like, where do the Oilers go from here? Like, how many times do you have to get to the end of the road and just stop, like, right before the finish line? Like, they've, you know, they've, they've had so much promise. They have the best hockey player in the entire world in Connor McDavid. They have one of the best goal scorers in the entire world in Leon Dreisaitl. They're, I don't know. I just, how can you not, how have you not figured out at this point in Connor McDavid's career, at Leon Dreisaitl's career, not, have you, have you not figured out how to build a team around these players? I just don't get it. They don't know how to win. They don't. They don't know how to win. Um, and it starts from the, you know, front office down. And the front office has been trying for a long time now. You know, um, they, they brought in different pieces. They've traded different pieces. I, I just don't think this team knows how to win. You know, like Connor McDavid is probably going to say the right things this offseason. Season. He's going to say, hey, we're going to come back stronger next year and we're going to do this. But do you not think that Connor McDavid probably wants out of Edmonton at this point? <laughs> Free Connor McDavid. Yes. If you're Connor McDavid, you know, like, and, you know, like if you had to carry, he's carrying this team year after year. Yeah. Him and Dreisaitl, yeah. Everyone have, else has just kind of shown up. Like, I don't know. It's if, almost I, it's almost like you're in school and, you know, you have a team project and you have to carry the team. You know, you're the smartest person in the group. You have to carry the team. But that that team, you're carrying them for two weeks. Yeah. Connor McDavid's carrying his team for years. For years. You know, and that weighs down on a player, right? I mean, the Oilers, history might repeat itself here where the Oilers, back in the day, 1988, said they weren't going to trade Wayne Gretzky, right? And what happened? They traded Wayne Gretzky. So, I mean, anything's possible at this point. I would say never say never. They traded Wayne Gretzky after they won a Stanley Cup, though. Yeah. The Oilers have not succeeded in the eyes of Connor McDavid's young career. Um, And he's... I'm not going to say he's running out of time because Connor McDavid is going to be lighting it up for years to come. And we're going to be privileged to see that for years to come. But, you know, yes, if I'm Connor McDavid, I do want out of Edmonton. I'm going to say the right things in press conferences in this offseason. Um, but at the end of the day, it's up to head office and it's up to, you know, his agent as to what, what he can and cannot say. I don't think he's very much an outspoken guy. He doesn't seem to be like that at all, much like every other hockey player in the NHL. But, um, yeah, he's going to say the right things. But if I'm Connor McDavid... I want the hell out of Edmonton because good Lord, they can't figure yeah. it out. Speaking of Gretzky, you know, at first, you know, like the, the, the news broke that Gretzky right after the overtime loss, <laughs> the news broke that Gretzky is leaving the Oilers organization. He resigned. And, yeah. And he resigned and uh, he's taking his talents to TNT sports. He's going to be yeah. a sports analyst yeah. on the TV network Turner. Yeah. Um, you know, at first it looked like Gretzky was jump, jumping from a sinking ship when he announced on Tuesday that he was leaving the role. I know, like, uh, to, to Oilers fans in the city of Edmonton, this probably looks, you know, over four decades of having Gretzky within some, in some capacity, in within, some like, capacity, the organization. Yeah. He's he's jumping ship. I, I don't think that's a good sign <laughs> for Edmonton. Gretzky knows something that we don't. He's very calculated the timing of this is just like this is nothing about this is a coincidence. Yeah. Like to get swept 
in the playoffs after you have so much promise this season. Like, I don't know, to get swept like that and for Wayne Gretzky to leave immediately afterwards. Um, Elliot Friedman made the joke last night when he was talking about it on uh, Sportsnet and the intermission that um, all of their jobs are in jeopardy now that Wayne Gretzky is a sports analyst for TNT. But um, but yeah, the, the timing of this is just, it's comedic almost. Like Gretzky leaving immediately after. It's ironic. I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, TNT, Charles Barkley, who works for TNT as well, who's actually a good friend of Gretzky, actually helped recruit him and kind of uh, bring him in. And, um, you know, they're longtime friends. Gretzky wrote on Twitter, he wrote, quote, given the pandemic and other life changes, I realize I will not be able to dedicate the time nor effort needed to support this world-class organization, end quote. You know, so means get me the fuck out of here. That's what he's saying there. <laughs> it's a polite way of him saying, I don't want anything to do with this organization anymore. Yeah. Blame it on COVID, you know, everything else you can blame on this pandemic. So why not leaving the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, seriously. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to something more happy. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a 3-1 series lead over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we can't talk about this series without breaking down every game. And let's start... With game one, and obviously in the first 10 minutes of that game, we had a devastating injury to John Tavares. Um, Our captain, our leader, there was an an unfortunate hit. Um, Ben Sherratt kind of, you know, had a semi-dirty hit on John Tavares, knocked him down. And then as Tavares was turning around, Corey Perry accidentally ran into him. And there was a knee on face contact and just... The, the scene was, you know, every, the heart stopped of every Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And everyone collectively held their breath when he tried to get up and then fell back down. That was a scary sight. That was a very scary sight. Um, Neil, what were you thinking in that moment? I thought, you know, that that was very reminiscent of, you know, some injuries that Crosby's been through. Um, That's what you were thinking in that moment? <laughs> wow, this no. is very reminiscent. <laughs> well, like, just, just the... The injury, the head injury history that he's gone through, you know. And I'm talking about in that moment. In that moment, you... I thought he was dead. Yeah. You know, I thought he died. He looked like he was dying. The way he got up, I don't, that whoever that, that trainer is for the Leafs needs to be fired immediately. Okay. Whoever, whoever it is that was to ask Tavares to try and stand up just so he can fall over. I don't think he was asking him to try to stand up, though. I, I don't think know what Tavares he was, was doing. Like, Tavares do not was... allow him to move. Yeah. If it's a head injury, you just got kneed in the head. You need to support his neck. You need to get a stretcher out there. Isolate him on the ice. Don't have him move. That trainer needs to be fucking fired. Because he can only do more damage to himself than good. I, um... I I did... uh, I watched a video on YouTube of a doctor breaking down that scene and that entire scene and what the trainer actually did. Um... You know, they were, he was trying to assess how bad the injury was. And Tavares was moving. So Tavares was trying to get up. He knew that he was... The trainer knew that he was a little bit uh, out of sorts. But Tavares was kind of pushing him off. Like, if you watch the video, Tavares was saying, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he was trying to get up. And then as soon as, you know, the trainer saw that he was a little unstable, he, he realized he couldn't hold him up. And so he immediately called for, you know, staff on the bench to come and help him. So, I mean, like, the trainer did the best that he could here. And I, th- I think it's 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 an un- really unfortunate because like there's you kind of have to improvise in that situation. You don't know like how to deal with that like immediately. 
but um yeah it was a scary sight and we obviously we saw how many medical personnel came onto the ice both from the leafs organization and the canadians organization but um yeah i don't know the leafs that's the thing about the leafs is that how do you expect them to play a game after that it was tough you know mentally emotionally it was just like the, it was like watching a family member get yeah. shot and now leader, you have to continue the leader of your family member the leader yeah. of your family yeah yeah and now you have to continue playing after that like yeah. it's, it's tough to mentally come back from that and that's kind of why i really i really love the move that um Foligno had after that you know like he went up to cory perry he said let's just finish this right now and move on with the game and i don't think that was more so in in retaliation for what perry did i think it was more so to get his team focused get his team rejuvenated, put, you know, put, put, uh, some life back in this team and move forward. But, you know, the Leafs almost won that game. If it wasn't for a shorthanded goal by a ridiculous goal by Paul Byron on Montreal, then they wouldn't have won that game and the series would be over right now. Um, yeah, here's the thing the the thing about the Felino fight afterwards, a lot of people did not like that. Yeah. Um, which, uh, totally understandable. And I'm, I'm conflicted about this because, yes, Felino and uh, Corey Perry are both veterans of the league. They've been in there for a long time. You you know, the the question came up immediately, like, where do you go from here after seeing such a horrific accident? I don't think, you know, if you ask the younger guys, the answer is not to, to fight right after that because it was accidental if you ask like the old time hockey guys, yes, we should probably fight and you know, let's finish this right now. The the players on the ice, they didn't see the replays that we as as viewers uh, watching on TV did. So, they don't know right away that it was completely accidental. Um there were two players that you could have gone after in that situation. That was uh Ben Sherratt and Corey Perry. I think we should have gone after Sherratt. Corey Perry was on the ice immediately afterwards, so I do understand where Felino is coming from in in fighting um, Corey Perry, but I don't know. Uh, people are going to disagree about that. I, for one, think you could have gotten the team energized again afterwards by going out and scoring a goal as fast as you could. But you know, I'm not an NHL player, so you know, I'm just glad you know, like it was a vet move between the two. It, you, you saw in game two, three, uh, and four that. Nothing was done after that. You know what I mean? It was, they, everyone moved on, you know, yeah. like the team, the Toronto Maple Leafs were refocused. They won the next three games and, you know, like the, we're back to normal. You know what yeah. I mean? Hopefully we can see Tavares back in two, two weeks or so when he recovers from a, a knee injury and a head injury. Um, hopefully we see Foligno back. He's suffering a little lower body injury yeah. currently. Yeah. The good news from this, um, if there's any good news from that specific game is that yeah, there was no structural damage to Tavares' neck or his spine or anything like that, even though that, that's what we all were, were yeah. hope not hoping, but that's He's what we all... He's got a concussion, but there was no structural damage. Yeah, we were hoping that it was going to be fine. Um, we were hoping that there was going to be no long-term effect here. Uh, but yeah, there's actually there's the leg injury that's keeping him out, and the leg injury was caused by same play. the same play. Yeah. Um, he got kneed first. Uh, it was almost like a knee did. on knee. It was. And it was a dirty hit, but nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Ben Sherratt had a semi-dirty hit on John Tavares. Uh, the thing is, after game one, um, Leafs Twitter, you know, 
all the Leafs fans around the world were all shaking their head at how the Leafs lost that game. Let me tell you something. The Leafs were always going to lose that game after Tavares went down. Always. There was no way they were going to come back and play their best hockey immediately after after Tavares went down. What do you say in the dressing room after that? What yeah. does Sheldon Keefe say to his team? He, he says, let's just finish this night. Because they didn't know how bad were, the injury they were was. They shell-shocked. Yeah, and they weren't getting any updates. So in the back of their minds, they're all thinking, is he okay? Is he going to be able to walk out of here? Is he going to be able to walk? Like, you know what I mean? So that's in the back of their minds. They didn't find out if he was okay until after the game. Do yeah. you expect them to go out and play playoff hockey while they're, while they're doing that? No, they were always going to lose that game. Always. They were always going to lose that game. I love, you know, there's nothing I love more than slandering the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, just us saying we weren't going to win that game only because our heads weren't in it. 100%. You know, 100%. it's absolutely true. You know, <laughs> fuck the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> 100%. You know, what's an interesting stat line for all the Canadiens fans listening out there? Through four games, the Montreal Canadiens have four goals. Never through well four, says through four, four games... William Nylander Ayo, Willie has, four goals. has four goals. <laughs> so. William, William Nylander is tied with the Montreal Canadiens in terms of goals. William Nylander is the Montreal is Canadiens the Montreal total Canadians. offensive output. Yes. Um, Anyways, game five goes tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Toronto. Yeah, we're back in Toronto. Um, the Leafs have an opportunity to close out this series with a potential 4-1 series win over the Montreal Canadiens, and then they will move on to face the Winnipeg Jets, if they so happen to win. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, knock on wood wherever you see it, because the Leafs have had 3-1 series leads in the past, and they have gone the other way, and vice versa. So, you know, anything can happen at this point. We've seen it before. We could see it again. I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm praying for the Leafs to continue to play the way they are playing. For sure. Let's move on to uh, something that's happening today. Hours away from when we are recording this. You might be listening to this as the game today is being played, but that is the Europa League final. The UEFA Europa League final is happening today. It's Manchester United versus Villarreal. uh, And they're playing for, you know, they're playing for a lot. Villarreal finished seventh in their respective Spanish league, which means the only way for them to qualify for Champions League next season is for them to win Europa League today. Manchester United, on the other hand, they finished second in the Premier League in England. And um, so, you know, the the Europa League is, is a huge title, obviously. I'm not taking anything away from that. But they've already qualified for the Champions League next season by finishing uh, in the top four in England. So... They have won the Europa League before. They won it a few years ago. Um, so this is going to be a big matchup today. It's not as... Arguably, it's not going to be as big as the Champions League final, which is happening this weekend. And that's Chelsea versus Manchester City, which has left me a little bit conflicted because I, I hate both of those teams and I don't, I don't care. It's an all-England final, though. Yeah. We haven't seen that in a few years, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. We, we, you know, you look back a few years ago, maybe like four or five years ago, there were conversations about reducing the amount of English teams that could make it to the Champions League because the English teams were doing so badly in the Champions League. 
So there was there was conversations, an actual like analyst talking about should we reduce the amount of English teams, and now we've got three English teams in the UEFA finals. So we've we could have had four. Arsenal had a chance to make it to the final, and they lost out in the semifinal for playing the way Arsenal does. Um, what are your predictions for for this week's this week's uh, final filled week? Well, first, you know, you being a United fan, like I, I have no doubt United's going to win that game. Um, they have this. 18-year-old wonder kid playing right now. You want to talk a little bit about him? And, then and Mason Greenman? Ahmad. Oh, Ahmad Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I, I've read on Twitter, there's a lot of people comparing this 18-year-old kid to Lionel, like a young Lionel Messi. And I just think that's absolutely horrendous. You know, oh, wow. I feel like... Okay, I thought you were going to... You can't, <laughs> you can't you compare... be nice there. Uh, I am being nice. You know, Ahmad's a great talent, and he's at a very early stage in his development, and he's clearly players um, or a player that fans of United can, you know, keep on their radar and cheer and get behind. And, you know, United love doing this, and we've seen it in the past where they've gotten behind an 18-year-old or 19-year-old kid and think he's the next big thing and then, you know, ship him off to... West Ham, and then he becomes nothing. You know? Okay, so. whoa, whoa. <laughs> are you talking about Jesse Lingard? Because those are two completely different players. Listen, the United, uh, our academy has been amazing throughout the years. Um, Jesse Lingard is a player that came from the academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mason Greenwood, who is another wonder kid um, who's playing for United, came through the academy. Marcus Rashford came through the academy. Um, Yellow, however, did not. He, uh, We got him in a trade, actually. Or, sorry, not a trade, but we... We signed him. Signed him. Yeah. So he didn't come through the academy. So there's not a lot. As as there's not as much known about Diallo than there is about like a a Mason Greenwood or Marcus Rashford. We're still figuring out what kind of player he is. Um, It's interesting that you know people are comparing him to Messi. Uh, People were comparing. We're saying his style is very similar. You know the the way he dribbles, the way he passes. Yeah. At an 18 year old age, that's. He's incredibly advanced yeah. right now, and he's there's only room for development. So I mean, it's a great position to be, but you can't compare him to Messi. <laughs> you know, Me- Messi is the greatest of all time. It's a Let's, big, it's a big statement to compare yeah. someone to Messi. Yes, Let's pump um, the brakes on that, United fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> just calling it like it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the United has a lot of young talent. Unfortunately, we're going to be without. Harry Maguire today, our captain um, for this final. He's uh, he's out with an injury. He's still, I think he's out of crutches right now, but he's still not uh, practicing. So we're going to be without him today, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, you, I think United should win this this final today comfortably. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, obviously, um, but I think it should be a comfortable comfortable win. Uh, now, in terms of the Chelsea Man City game this weekend, what are your predictions about that, Neil? You know, both both teams are playing at a very high level right now. And, you know, you mentioned this is great for England soccer. With City going for a treble here, I don't see how they can lose this game. I, I just don't see it. Uh, Kante is playing at a really high level. You know, Mendy's playing at a high level. There's, there's great players on both sides. Um, so Chelsea will have a great chance at keeping this game competitive and it's going to be a good matchup i think city comes out and i think it's going to be like a 2-1 final yeah it's going to be a low scoring final i think um but the thing is with chelsea and man city they pretty much split their games from this season mm-hmm. um you know uh chelsea won against man city the other week in the premier league you could argue that the premier league was already won at that point but um yeah no uh manchester city already won the premier league 
They just finished celebrating that. They won the Carabao Cup. So they have the chance to technically win a treble, even though it's not the FA Cup. It's the yeah. League Cup. Whatever. Um, they have the chance to win a treble. And I really hope they don't. As a Manchester United fan, as much as I hate Chelsea, I hate City even more. So <laughs> so I know we have some Chelsea fans. That Can this are... game end as a tie? Can it just end as a tie? Can and they we just, both lose? We just give it to the winner of the Europa League final so we can just have a Manchester United, you know, double trophy win. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 going to be a fun game to watch, obviously. I say I feel like I say that. It's really fun for this game to go to a shootout. Yeah. Oh, man. I would love to see some heartbreak. I would love to see some players just ruin it for their entire club. That's what I want to see in it. That's... I think I just decided what I want, what I want to have. You want to see a shootout. I want to see a shootout. Yeah, I think that's that's what I want to happen in this final. I want there to be a shootout and I want someone to I want someone to lose it for their team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about this on the podcast. Uh, my my dog is in the room and he there is a uh, there's a storm happening outside and Harley is freaking out about it. So he has he has moved to my lap right now. He is so if you hear if you hear any dog noises, that's that's Harley. Neil, if you if you feel so scared as well, you're welcome to. You're welcome to sit on my lap as well. It's a scary time right now, especially if time. you're if you're a Chelsea or United fan. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Should we move on, Neil? Let's move on. You want to talk some NBA playoffs? Let's talk NBA playoffs. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of potential upsets on the horizon here. We Very, had um, we, we had, had some upsets this week. We did. Definitely did. Would you would you call Golden State bowing out as an upset? I you know I think they that's why this whole play in format's really interesting because you see a team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs make the playoffs and now they're one game up on the number one seed Utah Jazz I'm talking about Memphis Grizzlies mm-hmm. and John Morant absolutely he went off in that play in game against Golden State yeah. It was Ja versus Steph, and Ja came out on top. We've seen a very inconsistent Ja Morant all year long. You know, like he averaged just under 20 points a game. But for the beginning half of the season, he wasn't anything special. You know, this team wasn't winning much. Um, He was in and out of the lineup with injuries. He's still young. You know what I mean? Ja Morant was a number two pick just a few years ago. Right after Zion, yeah. Right after Zion. But he's not being spoken about. You know, this team's young. This team's up and coming. They got a great center in Valanciunas. They got a great Canadian player, uh, Brooks, on that team, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Did you see the interview with uh, him and Charles Barkley the other day where Charles was like, I I thought you were American. And Dylan Brooks was like, nah, I'm I'm from the north. I'm from up Canada. Did he say that? Yeah. That's awesome. Why would Charles say that, though? Because he, I think he he was, he had a bet uh, with someone else on the panel that, you know, um, the leading scorer in the game or one of the leading scorers was going to be an American. And it ended up being Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks is Canadian. So Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What do you I, think about uh, Utah holding out Donovan Mitchell in that game one? Um, much, I think much against his own will. You wanted to play. Against his own will, yes. I think they're looking forward to the future here. I think um, it's... Yeah, he is the face of that franchise, right? So, you know, he's... They don't... They obviously want to win these games, but they don't want to have... They don't want to make an injury worse. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's it's interesting the way they're they're going about this. Uh, what are your thoughts, Neil? It's the Utah Jazz, man. Like, I, I think they were the number one team this year for a reason. I, I don't think they're going to have any problem with the Memphis Grizzlies. 
they're probably going to easily win the game tonight to even the series and then win the next three. I just can't see them losing to Memphis. You know, Memphis is a young team. You know, there's a lot of players on that team. This is their first playoff experience. Look at Utah. You know, they have Mike Conley, who's been there year after year. They have Rudy Gobert year after year. I just think the Jazz need to be worried about what kind of Donovan Mitchell they're going to get here. When he eventually does come back. When he does come here. Because I think, you know, like having him sit out game one probably ruined his relationship with this organization. You know, this. You think so, eh? I think, you know, that damaged his relationship with this, this organization. My question, my thought right now is, is it too damaged to the point where it can't be repaired? Is it too damaged for this team to not have that chemistry at the time they need it the most? Mm-hmm. You know, I he don't get me wrong. He's a great player. He's going to only be an asset for this team when he does inevitably return. I just don't know, considering what he you and think Gobert, they're mad at him for sitting out. He's pissed off. He's pissed off. Okay, okay. For like on top of that, like he's had a very tough relationship with Rudy Gobert. They never saw eye to eye dating back to when COVID first started. Uh huh. Um, and the fact that Gobert gave him COVID. That's I remember that. You know, yeah, so was, there's been <laughs> everyone so everyone was upset with Rudy Gobert. Oh, everyone was him coughing all over the mics and oh my God. in that press conference. I still hate him. Everyone hates him. But that's what I mean. Like D- Donovan Mitchell's had strained relationships with this organization within the organization before. Yeah. I don't think this does any favors to that that relationship they have. Right. So, you know, moving forward, I think we're gonna we're gonna really find out if they're okay if this is just a blip on the radar or if there actually is a problem here yeah what do you think about um the clippers the clippers uh going against the mavs and the mavs potentially upsetting them right now clippers just look lost i just they they can't handle the mavs right now you know they it's been two close games but that game last night was you you had the sense of feeling that the mavs couldn't lose you know even though you had Kawhi put up 41 points in the game. I just felt like there was no stopping uh, Luka Doncic. There's no stopping Porzingis. And even Tim Hardaway poured in a good game with 20 points, right? So the Mavs look good. I don't know. I, I think they're going to they're gonna upset the Clippers. I don't know if they move on past game two. Or, you know, a couple weeks ago I said that watch out for the Mavs against the Clippers. I, th- I, I still believe they're going to beat the Clippers. Do you think they're going to sweep the Clippers? That's the question. Do you think they're going to sweep the Clippers? It's really hard to sweep a team in basketball. Yes, 100%. And, you know, like look at the Eastern Conference right now. You look at a team like Milwaukee who's up two games against the Miami Heat. Yeah. Do you think they sweep that series? I do not think they sweep the Miami Heat. No, I I don't think... The, the Miami is too good of a team right now. I don't think they get swept. Um, It's going to be... It's going to be fun to watch. Um, But... I don't think they, they sweep that team, no. Uh, What's really interesting is that series actually reminds me... The Miami Heat actually remind me a lot of the Toronto Raptors from a few years ago when they were against Milwaukee. And Game 1 and Game 2, the way they started out against the Raptors are very reminiscent of the way Milwaukee and Miami started out. Mm-hmm. Whereas Game 1, it was very close. Milwaukee pulled out the victory. Game 2 was an absolute blowout. And then Milwaukee never won another game in that series against the Raptors. Yeah. So, you know, the next the game three is going to be really important for Miami. And we're going to find out if they actually mean business or not here in the playoffs. So, but we will see. That's the thing. The third game is always the pivotal game. Because if you're down to nothing and you lose game three, like that's that's pretty much the series there for you. Putting the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Um, if 
if the Clippers do get swept out of the playoffs this year, what happens with Kawhi? Because Kawhi is at a contract at the end of this year. Does Kawhi want to stay home, or even though his team is going clearly nowhere, or does he want to go and win another championship? Let's say he does decide to leave. Where does he go? Toronto. <laughs> does he? Do, do they have the money for him? I don't yeah, think they of do. Course. They have. They put a lot of money aside for Giannis, and they didn't get Giannis. So I mean, like, there's I don't know. there's some money to go know. out and get Kawhi. I don't know if he returns. I don't think. It's the same th- same scenario as DeMar DeRozan returning to Toronto, right? Like, he's a free agent this summer. Does he return? Does he I, have a I, shot I at think, returning? I think the bridges have been burned in, in the DeMar, <laughs> DeMar Toronto. I think, like, for his pride's sake. No, I don't think DeMar comes back to, to Toronto. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this, in, in this offseason. But mm-hmm. I, don't think, uh, I don't think Kawhi stays in L.A., in my opinion. I don't know. I think he re-signs probably for a year or two, and then we'll see from there. It all depends, though. Like It all depends on what the Clippers do here, because as soon as they went out and signed Kawhi and then traded for Paul George... Traded everything they, away for Paul George. They traded everything away. Yeah. You know, that's... I don't know what they could do right now in, in this position they're at. They need a point guard. Rajon Rondo's not going to be it. <laughs> you know, um... Pat Beverly is not going to be it. They need a point guard to make this all work. That's what Kawhi strives so well in Toronto. That's why he strives so well in San Antonio. He had a Tony Parker. He had a Kyle Lowry. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to be the, the, you know, the ball handler. He didn't have to make plays for himself. He can, but not every play. You know what not I mean? He's not play, a facilitator. No. That's what he's going to be missing, right? Unless the Clippers this offseason can go out and get themselves... A bona fide point guard. They don't have the space to go out and get him because they literally gave up everything. They they shot. It was like all or nothing when they went out for Kawhi and Paul George. Like yeah, they gave up their future for for the now, and the now is not working out for them. So, Clippers will always be the Clippers. Clippers will always be the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should we move on? Yeah. Let's move on to uh, NFL. Neil, what's going on there? What's going on yeah. in this offseason? What are the before we before we close out this week's show, we we can't we don't really you know it's the NFL offseason. We haven't really had a lot of news come out from the NFL, mm-hmm. but this past week, very outspoken, um, something you don't see very often. Yeah, this past week on uh, Skip and Shannon's podcast, Undisputed, mm-hmm. Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Fuck Skip Bayless. Uh, Shannon Sharp actually has julio jones's phone number and he called julio jones <laughs> really? on their podcast and so he wasn't even like a guest on the podcast he was just no like, he picked up the phone and called and julio answered and shannon asked he's like julio julio you going to dallas next year like what are you doing like <laughs> what do you want to play where do you want to play are you going back to atlanta like are you staying in atlanta and then julio's response was nah man i'm out of there really so "Quote unquote," that's what he said. Just like that, eh? he said he's out of there. Just like that. So, so there's probably not, something in the works right now. Obviously, he's done. He's done with Atlanta. Yeah. He's not returning. He's not, you know, going to be a part of their future. Wow. This is an aging wide receiver who's had injury problems over the last few seasons. However, he's still a top five receiver. You know, you think like, so? Eh? You think still he's top still top five, five? I still think he's a top five receiver. And this, he's going to end up. 
on a on a team like the Titans or the Patriots, I hate to see him in Patriots a Patriots uniform. It'd be so weird I to see him see in, a anyone in a Patriots uniform. But yeah, I know what but you mean. He's getting traded. He's not going to be in Atlanta next year. Where would you like to see him end up? Well, I don't know if you know too much about like what happened with DeAndre Hopkins this past week, but yeah, he was DeAndre Hopkins was apparently in, at a gym and someone asked him if he would rework his contract to get Julio. And DeAndre kind of tweeted that and with the Neil Patrick Harris, you know, thumbs up from from how I met your mother. Uh, so that's him saying that he is willing to do that to bring Julio to the Cardinals. So uh, where I would like to see Julio, um, obviously trying to speak without a bias here, I would I'd like to see him on the Cardinals. Actually, I would like to see DeAndre and Kyler get a ring together specifically with Julio. I think Julio's time is uh, to get a ring is is slowly coming to an end, so I, I think um, yeah I'd like to see him in in Arizona. I think that'd be a fun team to watch. What do you think? I don't know. I think you know like if Julio Jones ends up anywhere, it should be the Titans. You know the Titans. Really? The Titans have only a few more years left of Derrick Henry, and the dominance that is Derrick Henry. And the train that is Derrick Henry. You can't stop Derrick Henry. You can only try. You know? Yeah. And, you know, they lost Chris. There is no stopping Derrick Henry. Sorry, they lost Corey Davis this offseason to the Jets. A.J. Brown is emerging as a, a top threat in this league. He's, he's made some huge catches over the last two seasons. Um, they're missing a piece like Julio Jones, right? They really need a Julio Jones on that team. You know, Brian Tannehill just signed a really lucrative deal to be the face of the franchise. He's done a great job, but he's a game manager, all right? Like, no yeah. one does a better job at putting the ball in between Derrick Henry's numbers than Ryan Tannehill. Than Ryan Tannehill. So I think to optimize that game plan that they have, optimize that running attack they have, they need a threat like Julio Jones down the field, you know? So I he's- think the Titans would be really... You know, missing out here if they didn't at least try to acquire a talent like Julio Jones. I think if they get Julio Jones, they become Super Bowl favorites, yeah. in my opinion. I think um, this team, they've got so much talent on the Titans. I think, you know, Julio Jones could be that missing piece. I do I do agree with you there. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got game five tomorrow with the Leafs. We've got the Europa League final today. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Hopefully, you know what uh, what the next series looks like for the Leafs, but we'll see. Thank you for joining us. Have a good week, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 